Hey everybody, Luke McElroy from Mess Performance Consulting back again with another Physiology Secrets. Just wanted to jump on quickly today and uh, discuss the chronic adaptations of the respiratory, cardiovascular and muscular system so that we can actually improve our performance. So you might remember from the previous podcast, we are talking about some testing results from some of our high performance guys. Um, a couple of them just did race six at St Kilda, the Olympic distance race there. Um, and um, so Strico did a seven minute PB, Ivan did a three minute PB, um, three minute bike PB, and Zergi had a pretty good run after a big session on the Saturday. So I just wanted to talk about what's going on internally um, for, for, the, for the muscles and the body to actually adapt and become better, okay? So it's all, it's all good having, having good results in the lab, but obviously we want them to correlate into improved performance, which, which did occur with these athletes. So I just wanted to go into detail about how that occurs. So as we're already very familiar with, my training philosophy is to improve VO2 max first, and then to improve lactate threshold or your ability to use that engine second and, and towards closer towards uh, a key event there. So as we remember, VO2 max being the maximum volume of oxygen we can take in transport and utilize in one minute, okay? So we have to take it in by the lungs, we have to transport it by the heart and cardiovascular system, and then most importantly, we need to be able to actually utilize it and use it at the muscle muscular level, okay? So they're the three adaptations, they're the three aspects that we wanna focus on um, to improve our our uh, aerobic power, aerobic capacity, our, our performance, okay, aerobic performance. So let's start with the respiratory system. So looking at the lungs, so what can the lungs actually do to improve? Now, the lungs, are, they're not gonna grow much, right? So once you're a fully developed person, your lungs, are they're, they're at their finite capacity, whatever their genetic limit is, they're not gonna change in size through training. What they can do, is well, one they can get worse if you if you're an asthmatic or you're a smoker, but they can actually improve in slightly improve in elasticity. Okay, so they're not going to become they're not going to become bigger in general, but if they can expand a little bit more, just purely due to increase, slight increase in elasticity, you will be able to get slightly more air in per breath. Okay, now that's not going to be a significant factor, but they can that that is a, a very small chronic adaptation which we which we can see, okay? The main, the main thing which happens at the lungs, the main adaptation which improves our performance is an increase in what's called capillarization, okay? So capillaries are where diffusion occurs. Diffusion is when the oxygen comes in and, and carbon dioxide comes out. So the capillaries are the smallest blood vessel that we have and um, they're at the muscle and they're also at the lungs. So at the lungs, that's when we that, that, that's, that's going to transport the oxygen to the heart so we can then circulate it around and at the muscular level we're going to diffuse oxygen into the muscle and take carbon dioxide out. Okay, So we can get more capillaries around the lungs, therefore um, we have more blood ready to absorb that oxygen that come through from the lungs, All right, if that makes sense. So the, we're able to increase blood supply to the lungs, which means that those alveoli which are in the lungs, they're, they're ready to to transfer the oxygen across to the capillary, so then we can then um, circulate it to the muscles, all right? Or back to the heart, to the muscles. So that's the main adaptation that we get at the lungs. We get better efficiency at the lungs, better ability to transport that oxygen from the air we breathe in to the blood vessels, which can then go to the heart, and then we, we go after there, okay? So that's a, that's a key adaptation there. For cardiovascular system, that is highly adaptable. The heart is a muscle, it will adapt like any other muscle will. Um, some key chronic adaptations of the heart is increased size of the left ventricle or increased volume of the left ventricle. So the left ventricle is where the blood is ejected from. Um, so the, 
so we refer to this we refer to this uh, this acute response as stroke volume. So stroke volume being how much blood we can eject per heartbeat. So if we increase the volume of the left ventricle, we can eject more blood per beat, um, which means we can, and obviously we know that oxygen is in the blood. So we want to get uh, as big a heart as we can. All right. So you may have you may remember from the previous podcast that a lot that these athletes they were. They were seeing 10 to 13 beats lower heart rate at the same workload, all right? So this is all to do with cardiac output. Their cardiac output would, would have remained unchanged. So what your cardiac output is, it's stroke volume times by heart rate. So it's how much blood per beat times by um, beats per minute. So it's a measure of the total amount of blood we're circulating in one minute. Let's say, for example, that three months ago, one of these guys, their stroke volume was only 20 mils of blood. All right, so 20 mils times by 100 beats is going to be two liters, right? So if we can actually increase the size of the left ventricle, uh, let's say we increase it to 25 mils per beat. All right, so our stroke volume's increased because the size of the heart's increased. 25 mils of blood, um, to get to 2,000 liters of cardiac output, but we're, but we're actually beating at 25 mils of blood, we don't need to beat 100 times anymore, okay? We only need to beat, let me do the math, 80 times. 25 times by 80 is still two liters, all right? So we can decrease heart rate by 20 beats, but still have the same amount of blood circulating at, the to- at a time, okay? If we assume that, that, that um, max heart rate is relatively unchanged, that means that right at our top end, we are going to be, our cardiac output is going to be significantly increased. So if we got to let's say our max heart rate was 200 beats at 20 mils, that's going to be four liters of blood being circulated. Through chronic adaptations, our stroke volume now peaks at 25 liters. Heart rate is, un, max heart rate is still unchanged at 200 beats. Uh, do the math, we're actually getting five liters of blood, so we're 25% more blood circulated. So our submax cardiac output doesn't change. It's still maintained, our heart rate's just a bit lower because we're getting more blood per beat. When we get to the higher intensity, the max intensities, cardiac output does actually increase because um, we still have room to move with our heart rate, whereas previously it was maxed out, okay? So the, the heart can get bigger in volume. The way we do that is, is predominantly through your zone two, your zone four aerobic type training, okay? It can also increase in hypertrophy. It can get stronger, it can get um, more forceful with the contractions. This is really important for anaerobic type activities when you, you are going to your max quite frequently. We're looking at your 100 meter sprints, we're looking at your, at your weight lifting. Resistance training is a big one for, for hypertrophy of the heart. So we can increase the thickness of the wall so it can beat out more um, forcefully. For endurance athletes, you know, if, if we're looking at doing events that are sort of you know, an hour plus, we're not too concerned with the hypertrophy of the heart, but the type of training we would do for that is your, your power lifting. It would be your resistance training. It would be your top end sprinting zone five work, okay? So um, not necessarily super applicable for endurance. It's not gonna hurt you, but it's not what we wanna focus on is actually increasing the total volume of that heart so we can complete sub-maximal workload a lot easier. Okay. Um, likewise, with, with the heart, we can get more capillaries around that. That's good, more blood supply, which is, which is fantastic, right? So the main one we're looking at for the heart is that it, it is, it's highly adaptable and we can increase the size of it. What we can also do at the cardiovascular level is increase um, blood volume, okay? So blood is made up of several components. We have what we call um, our hematocrit and we have what we call blood plasma, okay? Hematocrit is all the stuff in the blood. It's your red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Plasma is 
90% fluid uh, and the rest of it's made up of enzymes, which is super important. But when we sweat, when we sweat, we're actually losing the fluid from the blood. We're losing the blood plasma. So what we can do is we're not going to change. We're not naturally going to change the composition of the blood. So let's say um, average is about 45% of our blood is made up of hematocrit. So the stuff, the red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, and 55% made up of plasma and fluid. Okay, that, combina- that, that ratio is not going to change through training unless we go to altitude, then it might change slightly. Um, but it's not going to change significantly with training, but we can get overall, we can get more blood volume. If we get more blood overall, we're actually going to get more red blood cells which have more hemoglo- which have hemoglobin attached to it, all right? So hemoglobin carries oxygen. If we can get more total blood, more total red blood cells, we're going to, be, we're going to boost our oxygen carrying capacity and potentially improve our VO2 max as well because we can circulate more, more blood. Uh, and more oxygen. So it's still say 45%, 55%, but instead of having, you know, let's say three liters, we have 3.5 liters of blood. That's just a made up um, number there, but you understand the theory behind it. Okay, so we get more total blood, which in combination of having a, a, an increased left ventricle size, we're gonna be able to increase stroke volume um, and therefore have a higher maximal cardiac output. All right, so really, really important adaptation there. That's uh, a big reason why we see the decreased heart rate after training, you know, 10, 13. I've seen up to 18 beats in three months, but that was from an untrained. Actually, no, that wasn't even, that, that too, that wasn't too untrained. They just had a very um, big genetic capacity there, okay? So, lungs can become more efficient. Our heart can start to circulate more blood and therefore more oxygen per beat. And then we're looking at the muscular level as well, all right? So the muscular level, this is the one where it is, uh, it can be quite limited to genetics. Um, but there is a trait, it's about 50-50 between genetics and training, okay? So this is where we're looking at, there's three, three main things that we're looking at. And I mean, the, to be honest guys, there's heaps and heaps. We could talk about slow twitch, fast, fast twitch fiber ratio, all that sort of stuff. But, but the main one we're looking at is, um, or the main three is capillarization at the muscular level, my increase in myoglobin content and increase in number size and surface area of mitochondria, okay? so. Three really important factors. So we need to, obviously we need to be able to diffuse oxygen into the muscles. This is where the capillarization comes in. We want to have more capillaries supplying the muscle because remember the blood is going to be transported from the heart through the arteries to the things called arterioles, which are small arteries, into the capillaries where diffusion will occur. So oxygen will come into the muscle, carbon dioxide will come out. And then back through the venules, veins, and, and we breathe out the carbon dioxide. So we want to get as many capillaries around the muscles as we possibly can, so we can get oxygen being diffused in from all, all areas, all right? So the more capillaries, the better. So we get more capillaries, then we need to have enough myoglobin. So what myoglobin are, they're, the, they're similar to hemoglobin. Hemoglobin will carry oxygen around in the blood. Myoglobin will carry oxygen from those capillaries through the muscle into the mitochondria. So they, they, they sort of, um, they're like the, the bridging mechanism between uh, the blood and the, the mitochondria in the muscle. So they carry it from the, from the capillaries into the mitochondria. The mitochondria is where all the magic happens. That's where aerobic um, glycolysis and lipolysis occur. That's where um, anaerobic glycolysis occurs as well, at least around the mitochondria. So the mitochondria, they're super powerful. We know that they are, they are what create the aerobic energy. Um, the more mitochondria we have and the bigger the mitochondria are and the, and the, the bigger capacity they have to, to absorb oxygen means we're going to get more ATP, more energy um, out, of, out of the body, okay? So 
The good thing with these three adaptations is they, they, they occur at the same time. We don't have to fo specifically focus training on trying to improve one or the other. Um, again, zone two and zone four is the, the most beneficial way to increase um, capillarization of the muscle, your myoglobin content and your mitochondria, okay? Again, it's a sliding scale. Zone three work still will do this, as will zone five, um, but it's about what the, you'll get more bang for buck doing zone two and zone for for reasons I've, I've already explained in, in numerous other podcasts okay so they're they're the they're the adaptations we're looking at as i said we do have like fast twitch and slow twitch fiber ratio um, slow twitch fibers have a lot of mitochondrial content so that's already a, a win so the more endurance training we do the more our intermediate fibers our, our fast twitch um our fast twitch 2a fibers will get shifted to more slow twitch characteristics so that just means that hey if you're an endurance athlete do endurance work and you're going to get as many as many slow twitch fibers as you possibly can okay um so that's what's happening there one other adaptation which is occurring which we saw really strongly in strico's data was that his lactate at at his at um a speed of four minute k's it, it used to be 15.5 and we dropped that down to like to 6.6 .6. so we dropped it by almost 10 millimoles of lactate so what's happening there it's a combination of being uh, of us being more efficient at using oxygen so we don't have to rely on lactic acid and the anaerobic glycolysis system until later on but also it is his body improving in buffering um lactic acid okay so what the body will do to combat the effects of that hydrogen ion the fatiguing lactic acid what it will do is it'll start to dump bicarbonate because bicarbonate is very base it has the opposite effect of hydrogen the opposite effect of lactic acid so it will basically tolerate um, and clear it very quickly because your body starts to dump bicarbonate better okay um, the way we do that is th that's when we're talking the zone three and zone five training stuff because that's when we do have lactic acid present we tolerate it we clear it out a little bit and then it comes back in and we get very good at at buffering it through through using bicarbonate okay so as you can see there's lots of things going on and there's a lot of different ways that we can tackle it in training but for for the adaptation that these guys are seeing um, it's all about, as, as I've mentioned numerous times in terms of the philosophy of training, it's, it's do the zone two, zone four work first. Let's get the, the lung, um, lung elasticity and the capillarization around there um, to its optimal. Then we want to get the volume of the left ventricle as big as possible and we want to increase total blood volume. And we also want to, obviously at the muscular level, we want to be able to increase the capillarization, the myoglobin content and the mitochondrial content to improve VO2 max and to improve our body's ability to actually take in, transport and utilize oxygen. Once we've done that, we want to shift over to that zone three, zone five work. We want to get lactic acid in the blood so that we can um, we can maximize the amount of, of that engine we can use, that we can actually tolerate and buffer lactic acid, that we can start to dump bicarbonate better so that our race pace improves as well. So that's sort of a little bit of background about what's occurring behind the scenes there. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And again, just come back to thinking about plan out the season. When do you need to be peaked by? Work backwards, zone two, zone four, shift over to zone three specific and a little bit of zone five work. Um, and then you should be peaked for your race. I'll speak to you again soon, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed.